Well, hey there, families. Today's topic is a great one to uh, to go over with your teenage students. Mm-hmm. Right, Trace? Yes. This would be a good one for mom and dad to sit down with Frankie and Joni. <laughs> <laughs> and we're sitting down this with... This were the 1970s. <laughs> yeah, that was Kenzie. That's our Joni. Hello. So, Kenzie, you're going to help us with this. You, you survived high school. Mm-hmm. You're a girl. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Tracy, you're, a, you have a master's in counseling psychology. So let's talk about developing the skill of self-confidence. Mm. There's something descriptive there in that title. There is. But before we get to that, Kenzie, who do you think, let's, let's start with some good questions. Parents, you can hit pause and let your kids answer this before you hear Kenzie's answer, which is probably the right one. Kenzie, are girls or boys more confident, self-confident? And let's start with junior high. In junior high? Yes. Well, I think everyone's struggling in junior high. (laughs) But I think boys, I think just socially, boys are just taught to be confident in a way that girls aren't. Mm. So Mm. it's easier. So they seem confident. Yeah, yeah, right. They're not, no one's actually confident in junior high, but they seem more confident. Okay, Mm. but but girls tend to be taller, right? (laughs) Boys are still just... Awkward and yeah, <laughs> everyone's just not having a good time. <laughs> Junior high is just the worst. Yes. Okay. okay. What about high school? Who's more self confident in high school? Does it change? Does that dynamic change at all? I don't think so. I mean, I think it's in high school. It becomes more like down to the individual, but I think that boys are still still seem more confident. And maybe it's not. It's probably just cocky. It's not even actual Mm -hmm. confidence Mm -hmm. because there's a difference yes definitely yeah i have to say i was shocked really having a boy and a girl i knew i knew that self-confidence would be an issue for you as a girl because i remember what it was like being a girl in junior high and it was Mm -hmm. really hard and just the social pressures and just all that goes with that but i was really kind of surprised at how much boys walking with aj then Mm -hmm. how are also very insecure and they do present in some different ways but it's all still the same they're Mm -hmm. all just trying to figure out who they are also Mm -hmm. right yeah it's funny when i reflect i don't i don't know that i like hugely struggled with confidence issues i don't think i was cocky but i think more it was more because i was kind of oblivious a little bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) which there's there's some gift to that yeah, mm-hmm. I think there is. A good... I think it's fascinating that you didn't struggle more with self-confidence or weren't aware that you were. Yeah. Because you have an identical twin. Yeah. Like I had an older sister that was two years older. And man, I I was wrecked by comparison mm. a lot in my life because mm-hmm. she was smart and great and awesome. And then I'm just the little one falling behind. And can I measure up to what her standard was? And it was hard for me. Well, yeah, I guess the, and what's interesting is my brother was actually the more athletic one of the two of us. We were both pretty even. I mean, he wasn't, you know, grades ahead of me athletically, but he was just always a little bit better, you know, a little bit better hitter, better fielder. We were baseball guys. Um, in sport, in school, we were both pretty similar. But I think having like healthy competition was good for me, you know, that I... I competed with them and we were pretty neck and neck. So we just kept pushing each other. Maybe maybe what ha- happened for us is 
we were focused on competing with each other. We didn't worry as much about everybody as everybody else. Yeah, but that didn't that wasn't hard for you in your own self confidence when you'd see that he was better. I don't know. You know, maybe if he was again, if he was just so much better than I was, I think it was always within reach for mm -hmm. me. Um, but yeah, I just it just pushed me to work harder. I guess I don't know. Well, that we'll come back to that because that comes to mm -hmm. the the title and what we really are talking about today, but. Kenzie, I'm curious to know, did you feel competition or feel, did you lack self-confidence in comparison to AJ or in our family? Um, not really, not probably not as much as AJ feels like, I don't think I compare myself as much. I just think it's harder for the younger child. I do too. Um, I just kind of like, I definitely feel now, like now that he's taking the ACT and now that he's... Mm -hmm kind of doing these things i'm like oh i feel the competition but there's nothing i can do about it because my end right. of the deal's already done but i'm sure aj's yeah he's feeling the pressure for sure yeah right. yeah and, and we talk about that parents i would encourage you um one of the best ways to deal with this is to talk openly right. about it like everyone has insecurities everyone lacks confidence so the key is like getting pat like learning how to talk about it if you can't talk about it with your family then you're never you, you may never get past it you know tracy we see a lot of adults who still struggle with oh yeah self-confidence because they never they never dealt with it in junior high or high school or whatever so parents that's why we do these podcasts is right. we want you to listen to it together use those tools on online and talk about it and i think it's good for parents to be honest about their self-confidence struggles growing mm -hmm. up and even still right i think that's helpful for kids to be like okay so i'm not the only one yeah mm -hmm. yeah Tracy, talk for a second about um, um, order, chill, the order of birth, yeah. birth order, because I think, you know, we've got two. So Kenzie and AJ, you know, two and a half years apart, but Kenzie's a girl, AJ's a boy. Right. So I think that made it a little bit easier in mm -hmm. our case. That's that's kind of why we stopped having kids. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Tracy, speak to it. You, you know, you were one of two, but you were both girls, so you probably felt it a little bit more yeah, than the younger one. Yeah, I think birth order is fascinating. Um, is it Kevin Lehman, I think, who wrote that the book on the birth order book? It's mm -hmm. it's really good. I, I would encourage people to read it. I need to read it again. It's been a while. But, you know, there's, there's certain personality traits and tendencies that come with where you fall in your family. Mm -hmm. So oldest children tend to be the type A, the high performers, high achievers, and the youngest tend to be more outgoing, gregarious, um, nothing to say that they're not intellectual, but they're, they take on more of the happy, I'm going to entertain you role. And then middle kids oftentimes are kind of lost, not sure who they're supposed to be because mm -hmm. they're not the oldest and, and the oldest child takes on all those traits and you're not the youngest, so you can't be the gregarious one. So middle children oftentimes get a little lost and it's a little harder for them to find their own identity. Yeah. And so to parents, Tracy, what would you say? Parents who have, you know, three or four kids or five kids yeah. and, and they see that dynamic with the someone in the middle there. I mean, you can have a dynamic with anyone, sure. but it is interesting how often this birth order thing plays out. Yeah. You know? I think for parents, it's you need to have intentional conversations with your kids. Mm -hmm. And I would say... Take time individually with each of your kids and especially talk to the, if it, it happens to be the middle child or which child seems to be a little more lost in their family, like who, what role they get to play, what they're good at. Mm -hmm. 
Um, what you notice, their self-confidence issues seem to circle around. You know, maybe they just don't do as well in school as their other siblings, or maybe they're not an athlete, but maybe they're really good at, at being an artist or in music or in speech or debate, you know, and find those things and really praise and develop those things in each of your kids. Because every kid has their own strengths and abilities. The problem is culturally and in their peer groups and maybe even in the family, not because the parents aren't trying to encourage them, right? but it gets lost or it's not one of the more powerful traits that our culture would praise. And so it just kind of gets lost and devalued. Yeah. Kenzie, in your life, why don't you speak to this for the, for the students listening? What... Wh- what would you out of one out of ten? I love these questions. One out of ten. How would you rate your your self confidence in junior high? Ten being the highest. Students, you can be thinking about this question for yourself too. To be honest, I don't really remember. Yeah, <laughs> you blocked it out. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's because it wasn't good and I blocked it out. Yeah. Um, but I think probably like a six or seven. Okay, and then what about in high school? Maybe like a seven or eight. Yeah, so it was moving up a little bit. Yeah. And what about right now? You just finished your first year of college. What would you say? Um, I think it's pretty good right now. I'd probably say nine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think college really is a good time to foster confidence. Well, I think what's interesting is thinking about you, who you were in junior high, and then who you were in high school. Like you started to catch on. This is part of what we're talk talk about in this topic. You started to realize you were smart and that you could do well in school and in grades. And so that kind of became the engine that got you started and you started to feel better about yourself and started to build confidence, mm-hmm. which then, you know, comes out in different ways and who you are and your personality and being assertive and all of that. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. I would say you mm-hmm. went from... Remember, Ken's in junior high. I mean, you you were fine, but you weren't. You were fine. Yeah, you were, yeah. You would be a better. I don't. I literally don't remember. You'd probably be. What would you say I was at? Well, I would have said probably a five or a six. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just think you just didn't know. Like what, you were just kind of like I don't even know what I'm good at. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know where my confidence comes from. Yeah, yeah. that's good. And this is going to hit on all the stuff. We'll get to the some pr- real yep. practical tips here in a minute. Um. But Ken's, what, before we even get to those, then for, for you, what was one of the things, l- let's, let's talk, especially for parents, we want parents to hear this from you, Ken's. We started, when you were about 14, we started doing content from the site. We started doing a kind of a topic, a weekly topic with the family. And the, the point behind that is we watch a sh- short video and then we have discussion questions. And the, the whole idea is that you're just talking about different things. Every week you're talking about something. You would pick it or we would pick it. Um, and for you, I think at first you didn't like that, you know, like most probably 14 or 15 year olds, you're like, I want to just go to my room and get on my phone. Right. Mm -hmm. But over time, I think you grew to appreciate that. And I think even, would you say Kenzie, that that was part of you becoming more self-aware and gaining some more confidence? Yeah, definitely. I think self-awareness is one of the most important things and a lot of people don't have it. Mm -hmm. And I think just talking to you guys about my day and what happened and what made me happy and what made me sad just really helped me like internalize and analyze my emotions right and why certain things made me feel 
self-conscious or certain mm-hmm. certain things I felt really good while I was doing. Right. And I think that just helped me start getting the wheels turning in my own head. And I think, too, when you would express yourself in conversation or when you did well on a test or a presentation in school, when you got affirmation from us, mm-hmm. like, Kenzie, that was so insightful. Mm-hmm. That was so great. That was, you know, and a teacher's like, oh, my gosh, that's some of the best work I've ever seen or, you know, whatever. That then was breeding self-confidence in you because you put yourself out there and you were praised for the work that you did. Mm -hmm. And I think that then you started to buy in more and more like, okay, yeah, I am smart. See, my parents think I'm insightful. Mm -hmm. You know, I can have my own opinions and they make sense and they're respected. Yeah. Yeah. So Tracy, what would you say though to, uh, you know, the parents who are listening to this saying, I want my kid, like I'm listening to Kenzie She's still young, but she seems like she knows who she is. She's gotten there. I mean, she's not perfect yet, but she's pretty close to it. <laughs> but, you know, parents are saying, man, I'd lo- I would love that for my kid. My kid's 14 or 15 right now, and I, and I would love for my kid to be that healthy and whole person um, early in life, right? Not later in life. Right. But some parents are out there, tr- Tracy's saying, I don't have a master's in counseling psychology. Like, I wouldn't even know what to say, how to how to encourage my kids, how to whatever. I I don't know, Tracy, what would you say to that parent? Well, here's what I would say. And there's some good tips in this topic I think Mm -hmm. we need to hit. But the first thing would just be, I think as a parent, part of your role is to come alongside your kids and to coach them along. Mm -hmm. And a coach kind of helps identify your strengths and your weaknesses. And then you start to develop the skills that encourage the strengths and minimize the weakness. So I think Mm -hmm. as a parent to come alongside your kid and just start talking to them about what things interest you, what things get you excited, where do you feel like maybe you have some skills or abilities toward and then start to help them develop those Mm -hmm. things or explore the possibilities. Yeah. The answer I was looking for was, (laughs) (laughs) no, that was good. That was a really good answer. Um, but you know, just that, you know, that's why we put the, this website together because we, we recognize that a lot of parents don't know how to start those conversations. And when the conversations are started, they wouldn't know what to say in the conversation. And so I will just tack on to what you you said, because I think your answer was also really good. Well, I was speaking specifically to this topic. You're doing a more broad Just in in general terms, because I think that's part of what helped Ken's and AJ too, is that we have a conversational culture in our home. But we did use those, those tools online to have regular weekly conversations so that our you know, again, otherwise, you, I think what happens is you don't know what to say. You, you know, you end up talking about the same four topics, you mm-hmm. know, over and over again. When, when on, on this website, there's just all this content that you can pull from and, uh, and use. And, it, and, and then I think what that helps Tracy and I to do and parents out there, you f- you'll find that you don't need to say as much as you think. Right. Because you're, if you can get your kids talking and exploring and discovering who they are right. and learning values and learning about you know about you and themselves and all that stuff, it just it just has this magical effect. I think of well, yeah, because yeah. it's about giving your kids space to tell you who who they are, what they're thinking right. about. Yeah. yeah, it gives you a window into their own mind. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so in this particular topic, and again, you can find it in the family page online, but we, we talk about the skill of self-confidence, which I think is important to understand. It's a skill. It's not, a, it's not like an innate right. 
um, quality. It's not like you were born self-confident or not self-confident. It's a skill that you can develop over time. Now your, your, um, your atmosphere, your nurturing can make you more self-confident or less self-confident for sure. But if you're not very self-confident, I think you can develop the skill and there are a few, few practical steps. Right. And it's about believing that you can accomplish something. So that's what I'm saying. Like over time, you can try something and work at it. And as you see good results from that and you start to believe in yourself, like, okay, I can be good at this thing, then it, you, confidence builds as you go. Yeah. And so, so, but what, what the first step then is to know who you are. So Kenzie, help us with this. How would you explain this to a 14 or 15 year old girl to say, you need to, first of all, know who you are so that you can begin to be self-confident? Um, I think, I think the first step is knowing that you're going to grow mm. and who you are right now might not be, hopefully isn't who you are in five years or 10 years. Mm. Um, and just, I don't know, because I don't know if I knew who I was back then. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know how I would answer that. Okay, so you but, were still discovering who you yeah. were. Yeah, but what? But you, t why don't you share a little bit of the journey of some of the things you did realize about yourself, about your self awareness that you kind of were like, okay, this makes sense about me, or what does this mean about me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think one of the biggest keys to my self confidence and finding out who I was was when I started mentoring. Mm -hmm. um, and when you guys came to me and told me it's something you wanted me to do, I I was like, what? I, it was really intimidating. Mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't have anything to say to these girls. Mm -hmm. But just through that experience and just getting to see girls younger than me and girls going through things that I went through and mm -hmm. being able to know that I can help them um, just really gave me a lot of confidence. And it, um, <clears throat> I think it helped me take ownership because I think I just saw I saw potential in them mm -hmm. and then I was able to step back and say, whoa, maybe that people see that in me. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think, yeah, it just helped bring awareness to my, to maybe what people were thinking about me. Well, one other thing too, Ken, speak to that you live in a family, well, that, that seemed to be more extroverted and you were not. Mm -hmm. What did you learn about your personality that way? Um, I learned that there's strength in anything. There's pros and cons to my personality there's pros and cons to both of your personalities mm -hmm. um and I think I just kind of settled into my role and was able to find a place in our family where I felt comfortable mm -hmm. where I felt like I was contributing but still being true to mm -hmm. who I was yeah because didn't you say there were times that you were like mm -hmm. I don't I don't know I'm not like I'm not like AJ I'm not gonna walk in the room and be like hey you yeah. know yeah so does that make me not a good person? Am I not a capable person? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I I just kind of, I don't remember how, but I just kind of figured out I'm going to let him, I'll let him have all the attention and because that's what he loves to do. And I'll kind of sit in the background and, mm -hmm. you know, talk to one person instead of mm -hmm. in front of everyone else. Um, and that's okay because that's who we are. Mm. Did you, but I, this is good for, I think, for students, even for adults to hear is, did you feel maybe some, uh, some in the background, some pressure to be a certain way personality wise, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's what I think people need to understand when you're trying to figure out who you are is 
there are different personality types and there's not one right one, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so just that's part of what we're talking about is just knowing who you are, knowing what the options are, right? right? About personality <laughs> types. We've got stuff in the library on that. Um, love languages, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's part of it is you started to realize, okay, wait, I don't have to fit in this particular mo- mo- mold because I am... I'm an introvert, and that's good. And so you mm-hmm. started learning about introverts. Mm-hmm. And now, as you've read about introverts, you realize, wait, I, this isn't a bad thing. It's just who I am. And so then I, I can I can embrace that this is just my personality type, and what does this mean about me? And I can move forward with confidence. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I also found people I identified with, mm-hmm. people that I respected mm-hmm. and looked up to, and that I saw in them some things I saw in me like I have an aunt that I really looked up to and I think we have very similar personalities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um Cheryl Sandberg mm-hmm. is one of my Aunts. um role models <laughs> no I wish yeah. um and I think yeah so I think just finding people that are successful and that you know have done their own thing and that I feel like I have some of the same traits as them helped me too mm-hmm. I remember in high school, as you were on your journey to discover who you were, one of the one of the conversations we had, maybe when you're about 15, was one of your best friends was really good at soccer, and <laughs> you were your sport was volleyball, and you were okay. I mean, you were good at volleyball. You played you played well, and you started and all that stuff, but you weren't like passionate about volleyball, like your friend was about soccer. And I remember that was a, one of your identity crises moments, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what did, what did you learn? Because I'm sure students listening to this might be saying, "Yep, mm-hmm. that's that's me. I'm in the middle of comp sports right now, or whatever, and you're competing and whatever." Yeah, I think one of the best things that came out of that crisis was that I was able to um, evaluate my values mm. and say, "Okay, maybe I'm not very good at volleyball, and I'm not as good as she is, but I don't want to be." Mm-hmm. and um i'll let her like that can she can be the athlete that can be her thing and i'll choose something else mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that was freeing for you to, mm-hmm. to really kind of like what you said about your brother is he can be the extrovert yeah and i think that's part of the trick here is as you gain self-confidence is you realize don't try to be someone else mm-hmm. find out who you are find out what you're good at and then when you find the thing that you're good at i think one of the other points here is then like go work all at in, it, right. work at yeah. it, work hard at it, right? Mm-hmm. So Bele- believe that you can be good at that mm-hmm. thing. And mm-hmm. that's what I watched happen to you is as your self-confidence grew is because you saw that studying and work habits and just, you know, time management, all the things that went into you plotting out, you know, working on your associates in high school and like it just bred in you this more and more belief like I am smart I can do this I you know there is no obstacle in my way of what I want to accomplish mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I don't know I mean I don't know what you would I don't know if that was necessarily healthy is that healthy what which part just that like because I was good at it I was confident like should it be some should it be like separate or is it tied to your performance? Well, I think if if we define self-confidence by you believe that you can succeed at something, then that's, yes, mm-hmm. result, results are going to be part of the belief that you are good at something, right? Yeah. If you were 
working really hard and getting C's, then maybe your self-confidence isn't going to be quite as strong. And then maybe it would be you would divert your attention, not that you would give up on academics altogether, but maybe you would say, okay, I'm just really an avid reader. And so I'm going to put my skills more towards pursuing whatever. I don't know. I just, But yes, I do think results and feeling good about the results that you got helped you believe and therefore you had self-confidence that you could be successful in school. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, and this might be what you're getting at, Ken's, I think it's important to define the win the right way. Yeah. So the win isn't top of the class necessarily. Mm-hmm. The win isn't even straight A's or, or going to a div- division one school for sports. You know, I think that's what students will have to struggle with because if, if self-confidence is about believing that you can succeed, then the question is, what is success in this thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and again, su- if you think success is making it to the pros, well, then no, you're not going to be self-confident. Yeah. And you're not going to succeed. Yeah. But if you say, no, success, and you did this, Ken's, you said, no, my, one of the things we said, Ken's, what's the win for you in volleyball? And you said, you know, early on in your high school career, I want to letter in volleyball. I want to play as a senior. I want to, I want to play all, you know, four years of high school and, and finish, finish well. Mm-hmm. But you, but that was success for you. So you got to dis- define success and that freed you to be confident to shoot for that goal and not to be obsessed with, playing at the next level, which, you know, you could have probably done probably not division one, but you could have done at some (laughs) other school. But that you said, you know, you freed yourself from that. Mm -hmm. And you said, I still want to succeed in volleyball, but this is what this means to me. Yeah. And whereas your friend in soccer, success in volleyball meant she was going to play in college somewhere. So as a result, you're going to a division one school because you're not playing school or playing sports and she's not going to division one school. And so Again, it, and she succeeded and you succeeded, mm-hmm. but you knew what you were going for and what success was. I think that's what's important. Yeah, that's true. No, I think that's that's a good fair point to have realistic goals and expectations. Mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying. I wouldn't want parents to misunderstand that. Right. Like you you weren't applying at Harvard or something, mm-hmm. but you had goals of, um, you know, getting a scholarship and going to a school that had a good business program and all of that, which you did. But yeah, I guess I can see that. Mm-hmm having unrealistic expectations or losing sight of the of the right win Mm -hmm. but but being successful did help you to build confidence for sure yeah yeah and again yeah doing doing setting goals for yourself success is reaching the goals you've set it's not reaching the goals someone else has set Mm -hmm. i think that's where you get in trouble so you set goals and you succeeded now they were high goals that maybe some of your friends could not have reached but you reached them and you succeeded and they reached their, in some cases, they reached some of their goals and they succeeded and we don't reach all of our goals, but it's about, you know, as we, as we saw in this topic, it's about kind of pushing forward and not giving up. That's the thing I think that kills me is to see someone struggling with a lack of self-confidence and then they don't believe, believe in themselves anymore. And then it's like this negative spiral mm-hmm. where they just, you know, they just keep failing. Right. They keep failing because they're, they're not either setting realistic goals or they're not pressing on toward the goals that they've set and they believe in you know the believe the words that people speak to them around them you know if they're surrounded by too many negative or toxic people they believe that stuff and uh, and then i think self-confidence becomes a becomes a major problem in not just in junior high or high school but even through life yeah i think it's a really important for 
teenagers and for adults, like you can't, don't let somebody else take the power of away from you of what you want to accomplish. Don't mm-hmm. let some coach's words or some teacher saying you could never do this or that, or even sadly, sometimes parents say things like that. If you have a passion for something and something excites you and you want to look at that and say, I want to get better at that thing, then go for that and develop confidence and don't be derailed by the negativity of people around you. Cause that's what happens. You know, one, one coach says something and a kid's like, ah, I stink, I'm done. And they give up altogether. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I read a quote once and it was, um, confidence isn't, I know they're going to like me. Confidence is I'm okay if they don't. Mm. And I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Cause I think, yeah, you need to be aware of that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, don't let someone, Tracy, you said this to our kids a lot growing up. Don't let that person have that kind of power over you. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't let their words tell Mm -hmm. you how to think and feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you need to learn and discover what's what you're good at, what you can excel at, and then and then work hard toward that thing. Push forward and work hard toward that thing. So the topic is called How to Develop the Skill of Self-Confidence. You can find it on our family page online. So we encourage you to check it out. And uh, make sure to have this conversation. Parents, if you're listening to this, make sure to have this conversation uh, with your kids. We'll see you next time.